Here is the first question to kick off our series submitted by one of yourselves. The question is, what is godly leadership and does a lead, what does a leader do when nobody follows? What's godly leadership? What does a leader do when nobody follows? That's a great question. So we're going to look at that tonight and we're going to see what God's word has to say. But first of all, let's get things rolling here. What makes a bad leader? Someone tell me characteristic of a bad leader. Selfish. Very selfish, absolutely. What else? Greedy. What's that? Greedy. Very greedy, okay. Okay, yeah. Pride. Yep. Stubborn. Very stubborn, yeah. Um, are there leaders like that out in the world? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, other people sin. Okay, yeah, leading them in the wrong direction. Luke. What does that mean? <laughs> Counting your horses before they hatch. Haven't you heard that term before? <laughs> Oh, is that kind of like, um, I'm trying to pretend like I know what that means. Uh, <laughs> that's like a... Um, not trusting in God. Ah, that's what I was about to say. Good. Yeah, you're, you're trusting in the resources that you have. Mm-hmm. Good. What else? Being disrespectful. Yeah, to those you're leading especially, right? What else? Great. Too commanding. Too commanding. Yeah. 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 Sometimes that's like we need to do that. Sure. Like time doesn't allow. Right. Like if there's a if your house is on fire, and the fireman says get out of here, you'd be like that's so rude. You wouldn't say that, right? (laughs) No, that's there's a time and place for that. But generally speaking, if someone is just like just barking orders and never. Leading by example or, you know, showing respect, then that's a problem, right? Did you have one? Unwilling to serve. Unwilling to serve. Good. Just serve me, right? Yeah. Not telling people when they step out of line. Not telling people when they step out of line. That can, yeah, absolutely. That could be a, a evidence of a bad leader. What about a good leader? How would you describe a good leader? And you can't just say the opposite of everything we just said. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. What's that? Admits when he's wrong. Right. So humility. Okay. Okay. Who else? Great. The opposite of everything we just said. Good answer. Wow. So smart. Anything else? Yeah. Cares about other people. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Listens to advice from others. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lives Proverbs. Lives the book of Proverbs. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Anything else? All right, that's the end of the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, so, so uh, we have a sense of what a bad leader is and what a good leader is, but, but how do we, especially how do you as teens, right, whether you're 12 or 13 or, you know, 16, 17, 18, how do you seek to show godly leadership? And the second part of that question is, what happens when you're trying to do that and, and, and no one's following just by yourself? How do you handle that? So we're going to take those in two different parts, okay? We're going to ask, what's godly leadership? We'll look at God's word for that, and then we'll finish off by talking about what do we do if, um, if no one's following. So um, I'd say first and foremost, when you talk about, a, like if you have a desire for leadership, right? If you're like, I want to be a leader. What are we talking about there? I think in most cases, uh, for good or bad, a desire for leadership is a desire for influence. You want to influence other people. 
Um, and that can be a great thing. God calls us to be examples. God calls us to be an influence on those around us. And so if you have the desire to be an influence on your peers, on the other people in your youth group or your class or, or, your, or your siblings, that's a great desire. Um, but what does that look like? And how do, more, maybe a more important question is how do we steer clear of um, ungodly leadership? And how do we make sure we're not approaching it the wrong way? We're going to look at three parallel passages of Scripture um, and look at the words of Jesus and how he defines and contrasts bad leadership versus good leadership. And then we'll, we'll pull some, some uh, instruction from that. Um, for, turn first of all to, well, I'll have them up on the screen. You can turn there, but I do have them up on the screen. Um, Matthew chapter 20, um, 20 through 28. And the three passages we're going to look at is going to, is, are three passages of the same account, but, but some of them include more of the conversation than others do. All right. So first one, Matthew 20, verses 20 through 28. Uh, if you know the story, the mom of the sons of Zebedee comes up to Jesus with her two sons, okay. kneels before him and asks him for something. Uh, verse 21, he said to her, what do you want? And she said, say that these Two of my sons of mine are to sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your kingdom. And Jesus answered, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And they said to him, We are able. And he said to them, You will drink the cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared uh, by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know the rulers of the Gentiles, lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many." So, so here's that, that portion uh, of that passage where Jesus is, is describing, contrasting leadership uh, among the Gentiles, those who don't know the Lord, and, and leadership among his followers. Now we see this account again in Mark 10, 35 through 45. says, Jesus called them to him and said, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. Great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. And he says the same thing as he does in Matthew. The third passage is in Luke 22. And here you read, he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. Those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who reclines at table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as the one who serves. As we look at what godly leadership is, let's first of all talk about what godly leadership is not. And we're going to take this from these passages where, where, where Jesus sets up a negative example of when we talk about a desire for influence, right? A desire to be an influence among your peers. I think that's really what these two disciples, these sons of Zebedee, were wanting, right? They wanted, we wanted to hold the place of influence over others. We wanted to kind of have these prominent places, um, and he, he uses this as a teaching opportunity to describe, you need to change your perspective on what leadership is. And he starts off with some negative examples. And I think there's three things we see here, um, what godly leadership is not. First of all, a godly leadership is not a desire to be seen. 
So these disciples came to Jesus with a desire, right? And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they responded um, that they wanted to be sit at his right hand and his left in his glorious kingdom. They wanted to be in this place of visibility, this place of prominence. I want to be seen in this way. If, if in your desire to be an influence, if it's driven by a desire to be seen by others, if it's driven primarily by desire, like, I want everyone else to see me as the leader. I want to be known as the leader. It can sound really spiritual, but if you're not careful, you're actually using spiritual things to um, further your own desire for the spotlight, right? And so, so God leadership is not just a desire to be seen. Godly leadership is not a desire to be obeyed and followed. Mark 10, 42 says, Jesus called them and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over him. So he kind of calls out the traditional um, understanding of of leadership, of authority. And it's the, the lording it over and exercising authority over um, the desire to be obeyed, to be followed. Like the one thing I want is just the desire for everyone else to be looking at me and saying, oh man, I'm going to follow them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, do what they say. Right? Again, it can be really easy to cloak that in spiritual motivation, but if we're not careful, we're actually doing it for selfish reasons. And then thirdly, it's not a desire to be loved. You don't become a leader so that you can be loved. And that can be a real big temptation. Right? I want to be a leader because I know I can get appreciation out of that. Luke 22, verse 25, one of the passages we looked at, says, those in authority over them are called benefactors. You know what a benefactor is? You know what a benefactor is? It's okay, I had to look it up. So. <laughs> You're right? Isn't it like somebody who does good to others? Good, yeah. So it would be a person who is known as someone who gives money or help uh, to someone else in need. They are the, the wonderful benefactors. Um, uh, in other words, the Gentile leaders loved to be the ones that others would look at with love and respect, seeing them as the generous, the kind, and the selfless. The, um, the, the leaders, those in authority over them, are called benefactors. They like, to be seen by this. they like to be seen in that way. They like to be loved, appreciated, respected. So here's kind of the, the, the sinful approach to, to leadership. Driven by a desire to be seen, obeyed, and loved. All right, we live in a world full of, uh, when we talk about leadership as influence, we live in a world full of social media influencers. All right, have you heard that term before? A social media influencer? Um, what's an influencer? Right? Uh, uh, these are people who, who, who will use a platform to gain a following and influence their followers for a particular way of thinking or for a product um, or just simply to influence them to be uh, jealous of the life that they're living. <laughs> um, it's a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, Grant. Um, and like, to have these desires is not bad, but to be driven by these desires is Sure, I mean, I mean there's, there's a good aspect to them, right, or maybe a natural aspect to them. Um, that you know, we all want to be loved, right? We all want to be seen. And I'm not saying that that's, that's a sin to want to, to, to receive like love, right? Doing everything mm-hmm. to be seen. Yeah. And especially when you talk about leadership, you're talking about um, being an influence over other people. And that should be a selfless thing. But if that selfless thing is driven by these more self-oriented motivations, then it's not going to 
result in how Christ wants us to, to be leaders. Um, but when you think of these, these influencers, think of a social media influencer, right? You know, many of them might, might talk about how important it is just to serve and to influence their followers. But when you get to the base of it, it's ultimately motivated by desire to be seen, to have more viewership, to have, a, a, to have more followers, to have more clicks, to a desire to be loved and appreciated, right? And, and so it, this is a natural desire in all of us, but it's not how we should view leadership. We can fall into the same trap as Christians. Um, we can think that what we think is a godly desire to be a spiritual leader to others, when in reality, it's a desire driven to be seen, followed, and loved. And in our Christian context, if we want to be seen, followed, and loved, if that's our driving motivation, in our context as, as a youth group, what's one of the best ways to be seen, followed, and loved? Well, is to be a spiritual leader, which is a good thing. But you can, you, can, you can hijack that for sinful reasons. And let me tell you, honestly and transparently, this is convicting for me. Because even pastors, perhaps I should say, especially pastors, have to fight the temptation of the desire to be seen, followed, and loved. Some people even enter into the role of pastor out of the desire to be seen, followed, and loved. And I can seek to be a spiritual, godly influence on others out of a sinful motivation for attention. Pastors can grow a church because it makes them look good. And and just to be, you know, honest about how I see this in my own life, if someone in the church that I have a relationship with has a need, let's say a spiritual need, and goes to someone else for help instead of me, I've struggled with jealousy before. No, I, I want to be the one who is credited with impacting their life. Not their other, I don't, I don't want to lose out on the opportunity. Why didn't they come to me? I want to be the one to be the spiritual leader in, in their life. Not that other person. That's not godly leadership. Godly leadership would want the best for that person even when they get that help from someone else. It can be really difficult to discern your own motives for seeking to show leadership. So, so I want to kind of talk through what godly leadership is from these passages that we, that we read. He, Jesus makes a strong contrast between leadership of the world and leadership of his followers, right? He says the way that we just looked at, lording it over you, lording it over them and, and, and exercising authority, it shall not be so among you, he says. And what's the main characteristic of greatness that Jesus points to in these three passages? You see it? What's the main characteristic of greatness that Jesus points to? Being a servant. Being a servant. He says, whoever wants to be great among you, let him be their servant. Whoever wants to be the greatest, let him be as the youngest. Whoever is the leader, to be the one who serves. Um, he says that in Luke 22, verses 26 through 27. As the leader, as the one who serves. And then he gives this illustration of a table in in Luke 22. He says, who is greater, the one who reclines at table or the one who serves? So you have a person sitting at the head of the table, right? And then you have the person, the waiting staff, the people that are cleaning or cleaning up the mess on the floor or bringing out the food. And Jesus asked the question to his disciples, okay, who in that context is greater? The person who reclines at table 
or the one who serves? And then he gives the obvious answer. He says, is it not the one who reclines at table? He's saying, okay, in that context, who has the most visibility? Who has the most influence, you might say? It, it is the guy who's sitting at the head of the table. When you ask the question, who has that most influence, the answer is clear. It's the one who reclines at the table, but then Jesus offers a really thought-provoking statement. After he says, is it not the one who reclines at the table? He follows it up by saying this, but I am among you as the one who serves. So go back to that dinner scene. And you have everyone sitting around the table. And you have those waiting staff cleaning up the mess underneath the table and bringing out the food. Put Jesus and his disciples in that, in that setting, okay? Where is Jesus? Is he at the head of the table? Or is he kneeling on the floor cleaning up the mess? He's among you, it says, as the one who serves. He's the guy on the floor cleaning up the mess. He's the servant. His disciples were fighting over who would have the place of greatest influence. And Jesus is saying, you're looking at it all wrong. You're coming at it from this completely wrong perspective. I think, although, although it's, it's, it's a great thing to desire to be an influence on other people, in a sense, I think you say, if you crave leadership too much, you probably won't end up being a very effective leader. Jesus actually shifts it and says, okay, you need to change your whole perspective. Instead of focusing on how much influence can I get, shift it to how much service can I do? He wants us to fight the desire to be seen, followed, and loved. All right? Sorry, I was a little behind. Um, We need to be careful not to use spiritual influence as a way to satisfy our own desire for the spotlight. The servant doesn't crave attention. And doesn't seek attention. The servant doesn't seek love of others, but rather seeks to show love to whomever he or she can. And, and think about the words in, in Mark 10.45, where he says, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So we ask, what is godly leadership? The short answer is selfless, sacrificial service. Instead of desiring to be seen, be seeing the needs of others. Instead of desiring to be followed, be following the example of Jesus. This is what Jesus does in these passages. He says, look what I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing. I I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I came to give my life a ransom for many. I am one among you as the one who serves. Look at me. Follow my example. And then instead of desiring to be loved, be loving others around you sacrificially. And I think that, guys, if we're going to follow Jesus' example of love and service, then I don't think we're going to go seeking leadership. Now, I'm not saying that leadership is bad. Leadership is good. But if we follow his example of serving, we're not going to be seeking, clamoring for, trying to obtain leadership. We don't make it our goal to get to a place of leadership. Instead, we just serve. Instead of seeking leadership, serve. And you know what? When we serve, sometimes leadership finds us. And here's what I mean by that. 
When we're faithful, when we're serving, when we're looking for opportunities to see the needs of others and to love and to, and to follow Jesus' example, there will come times in your life when you are provided with leadership opportunities. Where you see the faith, where your faithfulness um, gets rewarded with an opportunity to be an influence on others. But if we start off with this desire to obtain that leadership off the get-go, then we're going about it the wrong way. Here's an interesting illustration from from the Old Testament in Exodus uh, chapter 18, verse 21. This is when uh, Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, and uh, he's going to start appointing some leaders over the people. Okay, And we're given the qualification for these leaders in verse 21. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. So, who are the ones entrusted with leadership opportunities? Is it the ones who are saying, hey, hey, pick me, pick me, I want to be the leader. I want to I serve the thousands. Can you pick me for the thousands? I'm a really good leader. No, it is the person, it is the ones who had the reputation of fearing God, first and foremost. They had, a, they had a faithful relationship with God. They had a reputation of being trustworthy. And they had a reputation of walking with integrity. The idea of hating a bribe. Um, they, they, they had integrity. And what happened? For those people that, that were faithful and focused on serving, some leadership opportunities found them. And those leadership opportunities were different. Some were thousands, some were hundreds, some were fifties, some were tens. True biblical leadership is rooted in character, not charisma. Do you know what charisma is? What's charisma? Yeah, yeah. Um, energetic. Is that bad? Is, 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 is energy, personality bad? No, absolutely not. But that's never the root of leadership. It's rooted in character. So if we shift our focus, this is what I'm trying to get at here, is, is we need to, um, I, I think the, answer, the question, what's biblical leadership, will answer itself if, you, if your mindset is just, how can I serve? How can I, how can I show love to others? And if you make service your focus, here's a couple things I think that will happen. You won't be trying to get others to view you as a leader. I said this earlier, if you try too hard to be seen as a leader, you won't be an effective one. You'll end up doing good works to be seen by men. Who else did that? The Pharisees did, right? Matthew 23, 6-12 says, They loved the place of honor at feasts, in the best seats in the synagogues, in greetings in the marketplace, and being called rabbi by others. But, but you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher. And you are all brothers, and no man your, and call no man your father on earth, but you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Pharisees, they loved to be called rabbi. Oh man, they loved it when people acknowledged their influence. You are the teacher. You are the one that bestows wisdom. Boy, that just, that just tickled their ego every single time. If, if you focus on serving, you won't fall into the trap of being driven by the desire to have other people see you as a leader. 
Just focus on serving others and following Jesus. And leadership might, not, leadership might find you. But it might not. It might. It might not. But either way, you're doing what you're called to do. You're called to serve. Make service your focus, and you won't force leadership opportunities. Can you tell me um, what could be some negative results of trying to force leadership opportunities or force influence on someone else? Jerry. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, um, okay. What else? You're not most capable for that position. Okay. So maybe you force yourself into a leadership role that you're actually not even qualified for. And you're not the best person for it. But you want to be seen as the leader. So you force yourself into it, and you try to create this uh, persona about yourself, right? When, you, when you're not, there's no, you just, that's not the right place for you, right? Yeah. And you don't have the time or resources to be the leader. Right. And, and you, you, you force it to make it work. Good. Did you have something, Marissa? Oh, no. No. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> um, you know, don't don't force influence on even on someone else. You're like, wait a minute. You're saying don't don't influence other people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't force influence on a particular person. This is what I mean by that. While it's great to find someone else that you want to take under your wing and influence for Christ, just remember that you cannot force that role of a leader on them. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes they do see you as a great example and they follow you. You know, other times, they never see you that way. And that's okay. Your focus is service, right? So if you're serving them, you can serve that person whether they follow you or not. You can show love to them. You can be good to them. You can be kind to them. You can be an example to them. Sometimes they might just come right behind you and follow you and look and learn from you. Sometimes they won't do that, Okay. So make service your focus and you won't force those opportunities. Often when you try too hard to pick the ones that you want to lead, you end up missing the ones you actually have influence over. Then you end up selectively serving only the ones that you're focusing on and neglecting the ones you have real influence over. So so here's an illustration. Let's say you just pick someone in the youth group. Like, I want to be that person's leader. I want, to, I, want to, I want to serve them. I want to be an example to them, which is a great, that's, that's fine. But meanwhile, your younger sibling thinks the world of you, watches your every move, but you neglect them because they're not the ones you want to influence. And so you ignore them and they see you in a much different light now because you're not, you're not serving them. You're not loving them. You're just loving that one other person that you really want to have that influence over. And, and like, like Tony mentioned, you'll also, if, if you focus on service, then you'll focus on how you're gifted, too. You're not going to force yourself into a leadership opportunity that you're not even qualified for, that someone else could feel better, right? And so don't force those leadership opportunities. Just serve. Make service your focus. Make service your focus, and you won't mistake personality for spiritual leadership. In other words, if you have natural leadership ability, there's a difference. I read a book once that makes the distinction between natural leadership and spiritual leadership. Those are two different things. You can have natural leadership, but not spiritual leadership. And and vice versa. You can have spiritual leadership without any natural leadership. And if you have that natural leadership ability, we can call it personality, right? You can just, you have the ability to to gather people around you. You have the ability, you know, when you speak, other people listen. 
That's a great privilege. That's something that you should, you should think seriously about and, and, and use for God's glory. But if you have that natural leadership ability, it's so easy to assume that you're a godly leader because other people are following you. But if that's the case, don't assume that because are you serving? Is it possible to be that natural leader but not be serving? If so, you're not a godly leader. And then vice versa, I encourage you, you know, if you don't have that natural leadership ability, that personality, it's so easy to assume that you can't be a godly leader. But can you serve? Absolutely. You can serve regardless of who sees you or who follows you. And in doing that, you're glorifying Jesus who selflessly served you. So focus on service. Sometimes leadership will find you. Sometimes it won't. But you're following the example of Christ. Don't be like the Gentiles who lord it over and exercise authority. But, but if you want to be the greatest, be the slave, be the servant. Let's look at that second part of the question, though. What should you do if no one's following you? What do you guys think? Let's say you're, you're seeking to be an influence um, on, on those around you. Being a good friend, be an example. No one's following. Look behind you, no one's there. What do you do then? Keep serving. Well, why? It's not, it doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> yeah. Good. Was that a hand? Thumbs up. Yeah. Elijah approves. <laughs> yeah, Marissa. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, be, ha, have a self-awareness, right, where, where you're humble enough to, to look at yourself and being like, what am I doing? You know, how am I coming across? Um, but but I, I'd say, say, generally speaking, assuming that you're not doing anything dumb, <laughs> um, you, you just keep serving, right? Whether or not someone is following you doesn't change your role. Um, you guys play follow the leader when you were a kid? Who plays follow the leader still? All right, still there. All right, so yeah, here's the basic gist of the game, right? There's Alberto. He's got a kid. No. All right. <laughs> Eliza's like, what is going on? This is our mascot, by the way. Don't ask me how that happened. We have a we have a doll. All right. Alberto. Alvin. All right, no, these aren't the kids. These aren't the kids. He's not married yet. Um, don't worry. Someday. Um, <laughs> that's right. So here's the here is uh, you know you got the leader at the front and then all the followers. So all the followers follow the leader and they you know they copy their every move, kind of like what you're doing in the game tonight, right? There's one leader. Everyone else is looking at his moves, trying to copy, right? If your mindset, if your focus is, I want to be the leader, I want to be the leader, I want to be the leader, I don't want to be the leader. So in other words, if this is you, right? If if you see yourself, I want to be at the front of the line. I want to be the leader of this line. I don't want everyone else to follow my every move. Okay? We'd say that, I'd say that's, that's not godly leadership. Even if you think you're doing it for spiritual reasons, if that's your motivation, I want to be the front of the line, I want to make sure everyone sees me, that's not godly leadership. And if that's your motivation, what happens when all of a sudden you're playing the game and no one's following you? You look behind you and no one's there. Right? You're like... 
Oh, no one's playing the game. If you're playing follow the leader and you're doing all these hand motions and you look back and there's no line behind you, what should you do? Stop playing the game, okay? If you keep on, you all right there, Tony? That looked painful, whatever it was. <laughs> so if you look behind you, you're the leader, no one's playing, stop playing, right? Or else you'll look like an idiot. So that's, if your motivation was leadership and you look behind you and no one's following you, then it's the rational conclusion to think, I'm just going to stop leading, right? But that's not the pattern that we have as Christians. That's not how we should see this. How should we see it instead? Let's go back. All right, here's the line again. Who's at the front of the line? Who should be at the front of the line? Not Alberto. Jesus, very good. The Sunday school answer. Jesus is the front of the line, and, and this is you, all right? Couple back, two, 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 three people behind, all right? Jesus says, follow my example of service, all right? So Jesus is following the example of service, we're looking to Jesus, and we are serving as he served, right? He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He gave his life a, life a ransom for many. We see in John 13 where he washed the disciples' feet, and he says, Just as I wash my feet, you should wash each other's feet. Meaning this, by all this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So he says, follow my example. Right? When you zoom out and look at the big picture, we are not leaders. We're followers. We follow Christ. Okay? So if, you're, if that's your focus, Jesus serves, so I'm going to serve. And then you look behind you, and, and no one's following you. <laughs> okay? They just evaporate into thin air. Uh, they get teleported away. And so if you're in, let's go to the game, right? You're playing follow the leader. The leader's up here. You're playing the game, and you look behind you, and the two people behind you are gone. Should you stop playing? No, because you're not the leader, Right? You are simply following the leader. So you keep doing your job. Your job hasn't changed because you're looking to Christ. The people behind you might drop out. Okay. I mean, I hope they, I hope they don't. But if you look behind you and no one's following, you, you keep looking to Christ. You keep following Christ. And as you do that, as I said, as you serve, sometimes leadership might find you. In some situations, you might have that person who comes behind you. And they may not see Jesus quite well, but they do see you. And what are you doing? You're following the actions of Christ. And so as they follow your actions, they're following Christ's actions. Which is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Paul says, I'm not at the front of the line. I'm in the back of the line. I'm I'm just following Christ. I'm imitating him. And he's a servant. He's going to serve selflessly. And, 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 and he's telling them, you know what, you can, you can fall in line behind me. And you can, you, can, you can imitate my actions as I'm imitating Christ. Um, but the, the focus isn't front of the line. The focus is Jesus at the front of the line. If you stay faithful to Jesus and following him, selflessly serving others, showing sacrificial love without partiality, there just might be someone behind you who, who might not be able to see Jesus that well, but they can see you. And they can see you faithfully following the leader. And they copy your motions, and as a result, they copy Jesus. So in answer to the question, what is godly leadership? It's service, just like Christ. What happens if no one's following? If that hasn't changed your job description one bit. You keep serving. You keep loving. 
You know that as Jesus was on the earth, he lost followers? A lot. I mean, he had a lot of followers, and they all just left him. Even his closest disciples left him. Peter left him. Um, Everyone scattered. Did that change Christ's mission? No, it didn't. And so be sure that you have, you're clear on what your mission is as a, as a follower of Christ um, and, 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 and stay faithful in that. Um, you know, when I, when I consider godly leadership, a lot of times in our context as a youth group, I think of someone who is boldly doing what Christ wants them to do regardless of who is following. That's a leader. Um, and so don't, don't be worried about who's following you or who's not following you. Um, Focus on serving, all right? Don't, don't force leadership opportunities. Don't force influence on people. Serve, love, give sacrificially. And sometimes leadership might find you. And when it does find you, it'll fit for you. It, it, it'll, be, it'll be the right opportunity for who God made you to be, where he made you at this moment. Um, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves a little bit. And we try to force something on ourselves that we're not ready for. Or, or, or God hasn't prepared us for yet. So just stay faithful where you are. Um, stay bold in that. Even if no one's following you. Know, know what God has called you to do. And do it. And serve. Even if people look at you sideways for it. Um, show, show his love to others. And, uh, and you might just end up being an example. Any, uh, any thoughts? Questions? Add-ons? Marissa? Okay, He's right there among you. He's not, I mean, yes, he's saying, be, follow me, mm-hmm. what I'm doing. But he is, he's not just saying, do what I say. Oh, yeah. But he is doing it. So it's that encouragement that, yeah, even the, the greatest, he was the one that was serving. So it's like, you know, just as an encouragement while you're serving. Yes, there are days where it is draining. There's mm-hmm. days where it's hard, where you just, you don't want to do it anymore. But then by following him, you know, he's right there with Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love how, how Jesus did set um, that, not, he didn't say the do as I say, not as I do type thing. He just got up and started washing feet. <laughs> and then he said, hey, by the way, what you just saw, that, that's what you need to be doing. And we have an incredible example of Jesus who, who lowered, and we talked about this before, who, who lowered himself as possibly as he could go. And then he says, you are my followers. You're my servants, and I'm the greatest servant. So a servant is not greater than his master. So don't, don't seek to elevate yourself, which is what the sons of Zebedee were doing. They wanted to sit at the right hand and the left. They wanted to elevate themselves. And Jesus is like, haven't you seen what I've been doing among you? I've been, I have been the one who serves among you. And you're trying to kind of elevate yourself beyond that, right? Um, so good, good thoughts. Anything else? Um, you know, and, and just part of service, Mm-hmm. There will be times where you sow, and there will be times where you reap. Um, you know, like uh, uh, Aaron was just talking about, you know, 
not everybody's wanting to hear your counsel. Mm -hmm. you know? Or Do what is right, um, but doing the little things what God calls you to do, having faith in the little things, will lead to much greater things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just like I said, being faithful in the small things. I, mean, uh, I even had to learn this in, in my life. You know, I was a camp counselor, and one week where all of the campers just seemed like didn't want anything to do mm. with the Lord. You know, I felt like I failed as a counselor, but, you know, as I was, I was walking down to our last chapel, you know, it was just like, I just felt like I failed. But then, you know, after going to that last chapel and just seeing um, everybody else in, in the chapel service, you know, they were making spiritual decisions, and I was probably just the one to plant during that time. Mm. You know, so just being willing to serve in whatever capacity that God has you. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's yeah, when we just empty ourselves and just uh, and remove that expectation of. Being, being the great leader that everyone's going to look at, right? Then all we have is just, our focus is just what's best for them, right? And like I said, sometimes you are just planting the seed and someone else gets to reap the, the benefits of that. And, it, and if you're scrambling for leadership, you're going to be jealous about that. You're going to be like, why wasn't I the one who saw the results? Why wasn't I the one that was able to make an impact on my friend? Why was it that other person, Right? Instead, when you remove that expectation, just focus on following Christ's example, then when they get help from someone else or, or you, see, you don't see results right away, it doesn't, it doesn't shake your world as much. You're able just to keep focusing on what God has called you to do, focusing on the little things. And, uh, and sometimes you'll see the results, sometimes you won't. But you get the joy of serving. You get the joy you of serving. You know that you serve. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's great joy in that. There's great joy in that. Anything else? Yeah. Just be faithful in the next thing that God has called. Absolutely. Just be faithful in the next thing. And, um, and then just trust the Lord for whatever opportunity he brings you away, whether that's a leadership opportunity uh, or not. Uh, take that next right step. Let's pray, and uh, we'll be done. Lord, thank you for this time together. We thank you for the example that we have in your son. Um, Lord, we, we struggle with, with pride every moment of every day. Um, and Lord, we, you have given us opportunity to be an influence, to be an example on those around us. Lord, I pray that you would give us uh, the focus, um, not, of, not of scrambling after leadership, but, but the focus of just serving. And leaving the results up to you of showing love, of following your example, of, of seeing the needs of others. Um, whether or not we get people following us or not, we can have the joy of knowing that we're following you. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen each one of us. Help us just to be a blessing, serving each other. Help this group to be a group that is looking out for ways to serve each other for, you, for their good and for, and for your glory. 
Um, help us to be defined by that, because in so doing, we'll be looking like your son, who did the same for us. Um, give us that heart. Give us that focus. Your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh